0: It is important to study non-indigenous species to understand their potential impact on the ecosystem and to develop effective management strategies.
1: Hello and welcome to the LifeWatch Eric podcast, A Window on Science, from the European eScience Infrastructure for Biodiversity and Ecosystem Research. Hi, I'm Julian Kenny, Communication Officer. Thank you for joining us. Today, we continue our interviews with individuals and organizations involved in open science and the study of invasive alien species by returning to the Hellenic Center for Marine Research, LifeWatch Greece, to discuss non-indigenous and invasive species in ports and marinas, obviously with reference to the Mediterranean Sea. I'm pleased to welcome as my guests today, Dr. Yorgos hatsyyeo and Ioannis Rallis, both from the Institute of Marine Biology, Biotechnology and Aquaculture at HCMR in Crete. Good morning to you both.
2: Good morning, Julian. It's a pleasure for us to be here with you today.
1: It's great you could make it. um, And it's a great topic I guess a good place to start is what are non-indigenous and invasive species and why are they important?
0: So, non-indigenous species, or usually called alien species, are any organism introduced in an area outside of their natural range, can have a significant impact on the ecosystems they are introduced to, both ecologically and economically. They may outcompete native species for resources, Alter food webs and spread diseases. There are two main categories of transferring new species on purpose and accidentally. An example is that European settlers brought pigs and cattle to America, but they also transfer all flies and parasites living on and in them. Another example is that during the Second World War, Americans transferred accidentally snakes in Guan Island, well known for the high bird diversity. After a few years, birds were almost eliminated by the snakes. Right. In marine ecosystems, they cause damages to commercial fisheries, aquaculture operations, and other marine-based industries. It is important to study non-indigenous species to understand their potential impact on the ecosystem and to develop effective management strategies to mitigate any negative effects.
1: So, and Johannes... Um Actually, what what species are we talking about, and how do they how do they move into new areas like the Mediterranean?
2: Well, uh, the most common pathway is through the Suez Canal. Non-indigenous species can attach to the ship's hulls and can also be transported through ballast waters. Other common pathways are aquaculture escapes or accidental releases. Moreover. Human activities such as trade and tourism also facilitate the movement of alien species, plus the greenhouse effect, where the Mediterranean Sea is becoming more friendly to Red Sea species as the sea temperature increases over time.
1: Right, with the rising temperature of the the sea. Um, Tell us something about the characteristics of ports and marinas, though, that make them particularly susceptible to NIS, non-invasive species, non-indigenous species.
0: So ports and marinas are artificial environments with high disturbance, constantly exposed to human activities, such as ships' transportation and coastal activities. These disturbances can lead to great fluctuations in salinity, turbidity, dissolved oxygen, and as a result, high rates of of pollution. So alien species can succeed due to their opportunistic characteristics and their ability to easily adapt to the pressures and to environmental changes.
1: All right. And um, how do you go about studying these non-indigenous species in ports and marinas? What are your, you know, your methodologies?
2: Well, uh, scientific diving is a common method used to directly observe, collect samples, and conduct experiments underwater. We use a mix of different approaches depending on the target organisms and how many resources we have. We must keep in mind the availability of budget and time in each sampling event.
1: Yeah, sure.
2: Recently, we worked worked on a project called Aliboards. and uh, within the framework of that, we used different approaches to monitor the biodiversity of these environments. We decided to use uh, both non-destructive and destructive methods, and additionally, we submerged structures to monitor the succession of species and also collected biochemical data such as temperature, salinity, dissolved oxygen. Uh, also, here it is important to mention that careful planning and precise execution are crucial due to the high disturbance and heterogeneity of the of the environment. And also, vessels' movements can be a possible danger, so we must be extra careful while diving.
1: Yeah. Okay. Look, you mentioned the destructive and non-destructive methods. Um, what are the pros and cons of these different sampling methods? Each
2: method, its sampling method, has uh, its own advantages and disadvantages. For example, non-destructive, uh, like direct observation and the collection of photographic samples, are time and, and cost efficient, and also provide the repeatability over time. Right. A photographic sample is uh, a high-definition picture of a specific-sized frame on the Substrate. substrate and uh, is commonly used when we want to study protected areas, protected target species. Also, this method is useful for quantifying the coverage of sessile organisms. However, identification certainty is low in many taxonomic groups. On the other hand, destructive methods provide more accurate and detailed information, but are time-consuming, and we need experts for the species' identifications. Yeah, Destructive sampling is when we... Oh, uh, when, when we collect biological material and then use microscopy and genetics to identify the organisms up to species level. Moreover, we can maintain reference collections.
1: But the, but the specimens die, <laughs> right? Of course, of course. <laughs> and you mentioned that it's, it's, it's difficult work. What are, what are the biggest challenges you face studying you know, these species in, in ports and marinas?
2: Uh, Diving in ports and marinas is challenging for several reasons. First of all, we usually encounter poor visibility and uh, unpredictable marine traffic. This explains why most of the studies are conducted from the coast and not underwater. Secondly, the sampling is not friendly since the environment is blurry with high sediment coverage and there are many dangerous submerged objects for the divers, such as ropes, anchors, chains. In addition to that, it is difficult to obtain accurate data on the presence and abundance of the hosted biodiversity and alien species. The reason is high complexity and heterogeneity of the ecosystem that can make it challenging to identify and track the impact of alien species in these environments. Finally, there is a lack of standardized protocol for studying the biodiversity in these areas. Thus, we are trying to establish a low-cost protocol that can be widely applicable on a regular basis with rapid results.
1: Okay, be available to other people. Fantastic. Um, turning for a moment to the results, what are, what are the key findings of your research on these species?
0: Uh, first of all, the high diversity of benthic species, which uh, contradicts the common assumption that these areas are heavily polluted so, they do not host a great diversity. We were surprised to find high species richness in these extreme environments. However, they also host a high number of non indigenous species, and this confirmed our initial thoughts. These alien species often outcompete native species for resources, altering the structure and the function of the entire ecosystem. So, our research highlights the importance of implementing management strategies to minimize the spread of non-indigenous species and protect our marine ecosystem.
1: Mm. And of course, then there's the, the lab work as well, the, um, the analysis. Data management and analysis are critical in this work.
2: What methods do you use? When you have a lot of data, it is very important to use standardized formats to organize them. Maintain, main, maintaining accurate records and creating backups have been proven helpful in many cases. Now, for non-indigenous species, we have an issue. When it comes to the right scientific name, uh, we have uh, we have an issue with that. To address this, we match the names with an online tool available on Worms website, which is a part of LiveWatch Belgium. Mm. After cross checking our datasets, we analyze them statistically with another online tool called RVLab, available on the LiveWatch Greece website. And this tool allows easy online statistical analysis and uh, includes pre made scripts for common statistical tests that are commonly used in environmental studies. Both of them are free to use and uh, available to anyone.
1: Yeah, wonderful. Okay, so looking forward a bit, um, what prevention measures and future plans do you foresee for tackling this issue of imports and marinas?
0: It's a hard task. I would say implementing best practices for biofouling management, such as using adifouling coatings and treatments on submerged structure. It is important to have strict regulations and guidelines for ships, boats and other marine vessels to control the spread of non-indigenous species. Secondly, increasing public awareness of the risk associated with the movement of non-indigenous species is important too. Now, in terms of future plans, continuing monitoring and research is crucial to better understand the impact of non-indigenous species on marine ecosystems and to develop effective management strategies. This may include the development of early warning systems to detect the arrival of non-indigenous species in new areas and the use of genetic and molecular approaches to identify and track non-indigenous species this is where the integration of human observation with more sensing through with remote sensing through the Italian LifeWatch eric virtual research environment is really challenging
1: yeah right and you know talking about ordinary people like me Is there a way that non professionals, citizen scientists, can help prevent the spread of non indigenous species?
0: With one phrase, we need you. Of course, there is. As I said, increasing public awareness is one of the highest priorities. We need to focus on public education and, yes, involve citizens, all who care about protecting the environment. Having more citizens involved will help push the development of international collaboration and cooperation in order to control the spread of alien species.
1: Fantastic. Thank you so much, Yorgos and Ioannis. It it always strikes me how complicated it is researching these um, invasive alien species. Maybe, you know, hopefully this interview will help raise some awareness of your really interesting and very important work. Good on you. Thanks also to my producer, Fabrizio Lecce, And to all of you followers of these podcasts, if you want to find out more about LifeWatch Eric's e-science facilities dedicated to biodiversity and ecosystem research, please visit our website at www.lifewatch.eu and recommend us to your friends and colleagues so we can help raise awareness of the dangers facing biodiversity, not only in the Mediterranean, but all around the world. Thanks again. I look forward to our next encounter here on A Window on Science.